Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Morning here on the Morning Drive. That's what time it is. Um, what did uh, what did you think of uh, wide receiver coach Emmett Jones leaving to go to Oklahoma? What's the where does that kind of stand on your meter? It's like, oh, okay, got a better gig, bothered by it because he was only here a year or nothing to see. I don't ultimately, I mean, don't, not like I wanted him to leave or anything mm-hmm. like that, um, but don't think it's that big of a deal. If he's taking one of our wide receivers with us, um, it is a big deal. Yeah. That's really frustrating. Yeah. Uh, Jaran Bradley is the... The rumored one, right? Because mm-hmm. um, apparently uh, resigning yesterday uh, to take that job at Oklahoma. I guess the only thing that bothers me, and I don't know the, I don't know the specifics of it, um, is that Texas Tech played paid KU six hundred thousand dollars for a buyout to get him, and um, Oklahoma is paying us. Just three hundred to get him. Now in the world of so, who's that on? That's on us, right? Who's us? Well, I didn't. Whoever, I didn't sign the well, deal. That's on, that's on Texas Tech. It's whoever did the contract. Okay, so keep, I, so I don't know who that is. I don't know if that's the head football coach. That's or, Joey McGuire and Kirby Hoka. Yeah. Okay. So you you can say that. No, names. I know. I know it's that. Not on, I, it's not on the fan base. It's no, not on I, the university. I know. I just don't. But I mean, I don't know. But and there may there's probably more to those dynamics than that than that just that simple look at it. But that's that's the only thing that bothers me. Is like I'm all for having a buyout and um, especially if they're going in conference. Um, especially if you paid to get them. It's just man. That's a pretty valued person, right? To go pay for a position game for a position coach to go pay six hundred grand, but then you only put a three hundred dollar tag on him if he goes somewhere else. And maybe that was maybe that was the only way that you could get him to come. Maybe I. That seems surprising for that you would need a small buyout for a guy who's supposedly wanted to come back. Mm-hmm. Who's a grad graduate? Right. Okay. Had been here before. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it's that, that's the that's the only thing that seemed a little yeah. wild to me. I mean, and, and they were, a, and I don't know how it's this, a drop in the bucket for the athletic department. Yeah, I know, but I mean, yeah. we, it, it's it's kind of one of those deals where you hear about, well, hey, we really need you to support the university, and then, and then they, I mean, then, then like you said, I mean, it, it it's it's just it's just spilling a little salt on the table. It'd be all right. It's, you know, it's not that, it's not that much, but it just, that's the only thing that I look at this and may, and again, it, there may be some apples and oranges here that, you know, we don't know the whole. Yeah. It's definitely, whole. it's definitely not ideal that you mm-hmm. paid that much for him. You get one year out of him. Yeah. And quite honestly, I don't think, I think your wide receivers underperformed this year, if I'm being honest, mm-hmm. you can disagree. No, I don't know. I mean, I, I yeah, I, th- I think you're, there were some, th- and I don't know if that's coaching or if that's player talent or if that's related to your offensive line play but i mean he's he's there's definitely he's, some injuries there i think you know, it would factor in he's all all but i thought they were under part of that yeah the, the other thing but is again it it feels like i mean from the second that 
this has been announced that it's like it's a package deal with Jaron Bradley. I mean, he's not even in the transfer portal. Yeah. So how, how can somebody be talking to him about going to Oklahoma? Right. That's not supposed to happen that way. I'm being really naive, aren't I? Well, I think we all are. I think we're all, I mean, <laughs> like, it's like, big business. Yeah, like there's not the, that the, kind of thing going on. The, right? other, the other thing is, I mean, am, am I worried at all about replacing Emmett Jones? No, because I'm sure that uh, Joey McGuire's phone rang off the hook or his email filled up or his text or Twitter or whatever, however, however smoke signal, however means that people wanted to communicate with him. I'm sure that there's a, a long list of people that are on his on his list of, hey, you know, if this guy leaves, I've got ding, 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 you know, 27 guys that would love to come here and be the wide receiver coach at Texas Tech. Um, you know, I, I guess from Emmett Jones' standpoint, I mean, it must be a hell of a deal to go to Oklahoma because sure feel like you burned some bridges by leaving here after just a year. I don't think there's any question. You know, and, you know, I guess... Uh, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying there. You know, I mean, and especially with a guy like Joey McGuire, who is deeply rooted, respected, beloved at the high school level in the state of Texas and the Metroplex, and that's where Emma Jones kind of hung his hat. So it's kind of like, how are these coaches going to like, well, man, you did this to Joey? Uh, yeah, we're we're just not available today. He's got a lunch break, or yeah, he's he's got he's got weights. Sorry, you know, I mean the 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 old door may have closed there, and some of those places where um, you felt like that you owned the school from a relationship standpoint, you may find out eh, the guy over the guy the big the guy with the big office really owned that relationship or owns owns that more than what you did. That'd be that'd be my thought, mm-hmm. but maybe. Maybe maybe that's maybe I'm being maybe I'm being naive uh, along those lines. Maybe a maybe a little bit, but I I agree with your point that I I feel like he's definitely burned a bridge to, with you know with Coach McGuire with I mean the school we graduated from. I mean I I don't know maybe I'm wrong maybe maybe five years now all all will be forgotten if we need a wide receivers coach and he's available. Um, I, I guess, you know, I've heard that he has desire to one day be a head coach and it feels like this is a move that will help him move closer in that direction mm-hmm. to go be the wide, rece- wide receivers coach at Oklahoma. So maybe he's getting another title besides just wide receiver coach. Maybe it's an upgrade. Yeah. yeah. And that that's why he makes the move. And maybe Coach McGuire understands that and is like, man, good go, for you. Go forth and conquer. Yeah, yeah. good for you. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, but again, I like I said, I... I Coordinators, obviously, I think are are harder to get. That are really, really good ones, and I, I, you know, I'm I'm excited about both of the two that we have here um, right now. And uh, obviously, head coaches having the right head coach is a huge factor. Mm-hmm. And uh, excited about the one that you have right now. But as far as position coaches go, I, I mean, I I think what what Coach Jones was kind of here for, what he was supposed to help with, was Metroplex recruiting and. Because he was a Metroplex guy, well, I think Coach McGuire probably can handle that. He got just that fine. covered, right? Yeah. 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 So mm-hmm. I don't feel like that's a huge, huge loss for the Red Raiders in that regard. Um, so, and, and again, I, I didn't, 
I thought injuries had a big factor in it, but I, I didn't think your wide receivers were just dynamite this year yeah. at all. Okay, so I don't look at this and, oh, man, how do we recover from this? But I do think Jaron Bradley is a good young player, and sure. I, I would hate to lose him. But, I mean, it, it just that just feels a little slimy, Yeah, that so, part of it. So it, hopefully it, Coach McGuire and company have already, you know, said their piece to Jaron, and, and he wants to be here, and he doesn't glow, but I, I have no idea. Yeah, hopefully I can uh, save him, so to speak. But I don't know. I, I, it just it feels like it, I agree with you. It feels like with Coach McGuire that um, I feel like we could Coach McGuire could hire you, me, or Jeff to go be the wide receivers coach, and it would come with a lot of cachet in the Metroplex. Oh, you're one of Joy's guys. Okay, come on in. <laughs> Let me tell me about you. Where are you from, Jamie? Oh, you spent some time in Tyler, and you're from. <laughs> Upstate New York, and yeah, yeah. you know, I don't know. Got a got a double at uh, Double Day Field, and I don't. I don't think I would be a good recruiter. Well, you may. You know, sometimes the silent type are the best because you're a good listener and you're compassionate, and you 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 have uh, empathy and uh, you build relationships. So I, I don't sell yourself short. I Chuck, you already work here. You don't have to butter Jamie up yeah. today. No, I'm not I'm not trying to butter him up. Just trying to. Trying to sell him on the fact that I think, I think he could be a good recruiter. I think you'd be a good recruiter. See, <clears throat> I agree with you. Um, but sometimes sometimes, it, sometimes that personality doesn't work. Sometimes the opposite of that works better, mm-hmm. like you would work better. But um, I'd love – I'll be honest. I'd love to be the, the fly on the wall of a just a – like behind the scenes, behind the glass. I'd love to see the whole process and how it works and how it's – presented from the from the beginning to the end i'm i'm fascinated by the recruiting process i don't really care the sport just the process of you know the university and selling the product and the program and the position and how the coaches develop relationships with the players and the parents and the grandparents and the influencers yeah i'm fascinated by all of that the morning drive podcast from double t 97.3 is presented by cantex roofing and construction Time for this day in sports history. Today is January the 11th, 2023. Here's Jeff McGuire. Going to start in 1946 because Brett Bell becomes the second NFL commissioner. He immediately moves the Chicago headquarters to Philadelphia. 1963, San Francisco Warrior Center Wilt Chamberlain scores 67 points in a 134 to 129 defeat to the LA Lakers. At Cow Palace. 1967, San Diego is granted an NBA franchise. Do you remember what it's called? San Diego Clippers. No. Really? The San Diego Rockets. The franchise was moved to Houston for the 71 72 season. Oh, I thought they were the Clippers for. So they lost two NBA franchises. Although this one was quick, like 67 to 71. It would be the 68 season that I think they started, so it was short, a little short stint for the Rockets. Well, you, you had a nice smile on your face because you you set me up there. Cause I you, did. You knew, yeah. you knew that that's how I was going to respond, but good job. That was a good guess. Yeah. 1976, Dorothy Hamill wins her third consecutive National Figure Skating Championship. God, I just remember all the girls having the Dorothy Hamill cut. <laughs> 1983, Billy Martin named the New York Yankee manager for the third time. 
First time we've got to mention his name this year. I'm going to go on a limb, say it's not the last. 1987 AFC Championship took place. Cleveland Stadium. Denver Broncos Denver Broncos beat the Cleveland Browns 23-20 to in overtime. This uh, the drive or the fumble? I think this is the fumble. I was going to ask the same exact thing. 1990, Bob Knight becomes college basketball's Big Ten winniest coach with 229 wins. Does it say who he re- succeeded on that? I don't know. Okay. And in 1992, U.S. Figure Skating Women's Championship is won by Christy Yamaguchi. It is National Hot Toddy Day mm. and National Milk Day. Are you, I'll be honest. I would love one right now, yes. If you gave me a choice between a cold glass of milk or a hot toddy, I would take the cold glass of milk. Not not because it's 648, I've just, I've never been a fan of hot drinks with uh, alcohol, with the exception maybe of Bailey's and coffee. And I don't even know if I had one this past year or a little uh, something in your hot chocolate, but that That'd be that'd be what it. exactly is a hot toddy? It's basically uh, a one to one whiskey to hot water with honey and lemon, and you put a cinnamon stick in it. Yeah, I'd, I'd be completely out on it's that. It's uh, one of those home remedy cold medicine type drinks <laughs> with the whiskey with in the there. whiskey in it, sure, but also oh, yeah. the the citrus and the lemon and and the hot water to help it get through your system and open you up a little bit and. It's not something I would drink a lot of. I am much more of a uh, cold drink uh, cocktail person. But So the whiskey helps you get better? Um, it just makes you feel better. And sometimes that's enough to help you get through the rest of the day or evening as the case may be. Cold medicine doesn't always have to solve all the problems if it solves just one and you get the sleep to get the youth at the time to make you feel better. But sure. Yeah, I would take one absolutely right now. Uh, Mary J. Blige, celebrating her birthday today. She's 52. What's her big song? Oh, man. She's got a bunch. I don't know what her biggest one would be. Signature, okay. Um, I don't, I'd recognize her voice if I heard sure. it, but I don't. On this day in 1935, in the first flight of its kind, mm. American Aviatrix, Aviatrix, Amelia Earhart drops Wheeler, uh, departs Wheeler Field in Honolulu, Hawaii, on a solo flight to North America. Hawaiian commercial interest offered a ten thousand dollar bonus, which would be two hundred and seventeen thousand dollars today, to whoever accomplished the flight first. The very next day, Amelia Earhart, traveling two thousand four hundred miles in eighteen hours, safely landed at Oakland Airport in Oakland, California. And that is this day in sports history. All right. Uh, the drive was uh, on this day in 1987 for the 86 AFC Championship game, the 86 season. Okay. Uh, John Elway goes uh, 98 yards, five minutes and two seconds, 15 plays. They tie the game with 37 seconds left in regulation. Sorry, Risa. Our listener, Risa, this is a painful day for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Denver wins the game in overtime with a 33-yard field goal and winning 23-20. to 20. I'm going to bet uh, Rich Carlos hit that field goal um, for uh, for the Donkeys. Uh, 
let's see here. Yeah, Rich Carlos was the kicker. Um, and uh, boy, it's a golden day of uh, announcers. Man, this is uh, this is a big one. Dick Enberg, Merlin Olson, and Bob Greasy in the booth that day. I always loved uh, Enberg and Olson. They were just tremendous together. Yeah, I thought they were good. Um, six fifty-one this morning on the morning drive. We went to uh, Bluey down the street last night. Uh, those of you that have uh, children under, I say nine and under, uh, for the most part, probably five and under. Bluey's you know big with the young kids and met a morning drive listener. Bluey. Bluey. Yeah, it's an animated cartoon. There's a mom and a dad and two sisters, Bluey and Bingo. One's the older sister and one's the younger sister. And they have a little act that they put on. Well, it's exciting. Yeah. So, but but I met a morning drive listener while we were standing. It's also in, exciting. Standing in line to take pictures behind a by a backdrop. So, yeah. So it was uh, nice to. Nice so to, instead, they took pictures with you. We did not take any pictures last night. We did not. But take, they didn't take pictures with you, the morning drive listeners. No. Oh man. No, that's we didn't do that last. We didn't do that last night. I could have put that on Facebook. I was um, I was humbled yesterday uh, when I was out and about making my rounds. I went to this one place of business, and uh, one of the uh, one of the worker bees there said, "Hey, you look uh, you look really familiar." And I said, "Okay." He said, uh, "You uh, you're not working at Walmart anymore, are you?" <laughs> I said, "No." He said, "I said I, I never never worked at Walmart." He goes, "Man, you you look exactly like a guy that worked in tires at Walmart." Mm. And I said, man, I feel sorry for that guy. <laughs> well, I'm interested in this new world. Chuck Hines humbled. <laughs> this is going to be interesting. Wow. Oh, I was humbled for the moment. So we've got a, a no rant 23 for Sneed and Chuck being humbled in 23. What was, what was he all up at my grill about saying I double parked or something yesterday? Your left tire was in your left tires of your car were in one parking spot, and the rest of your car was in the right. How far over the line was I? That, well, oh, does about it doesn't matter if you're. I mean, I mean about just, a foot and a half. Okay, well, it was I mean, enough that you couldn't park next to you. Okay, well, I didn't. I and I, I apologize for that. I did not realize that. That's when embarrassing I, for you. But when I pulled in <laughs> at you know five forty-five or five. Yeah, about five five fifty six. Five fifty. No, you were late yesterday. I was a little. I was running a little behind yesterday. I, and that's fine. Like you were here for the show. I so want to hear okay. the end of this. When I pulled in at five fifty six, I didn't think anybody else was going to come to work today, no, so no, it no, didn't no, no, matter. No, no, no. I, I I honestly didn't know, but obviously it uh, bent Mister Sneed clear out of uh, clear out of kilter uh, yesterday. Well, I, so I think, well, let me ask you the question: When you go to the store and you want to park in a spot and Somebody's a foot and a half over the line. That doesn't bend you out of shape. Well, I don't go on the radio and make a big federal case out of it. <laughs> if you knew the person, no, would you have you done it? Don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> tongue firmly planted in cheek. I never make a federal case out of anything, Jamie. That's that's a. <laughs> well, for Sneed to say he's gonna. Do a no rant twenty three? Is that what he's saying? Basically, yes. Yeah, yeah. he's not going to rant mean, in twenty three. Yeah, it. it how, how many days has he worked in twenty three so far? Just a handful. Six. Okay. Seven. Five. I don't know. I have dialed in every every noon hour to to take attendance. Um, but I just thought it was like, man, 
He was he was quick on me yesterday. Uh, but he yeah, was quick on a lot of things without doing a rant. So I don't think the this, the no rant year is going to make it very far. Why would Chris do no rants? I mean, right. that's what we enjoy that's, most about him. Part of why we pay it's him. It's the right? kinder, gentler Sneed, as he says. Yeah, yeah. And you know he's listening right now in his workout. So kinder, gentler Sneed. Sneed and humble Chuck. This radio station is going into the tank. It's going. Yeah, we are. We have lost our identity. Yeah, we? we have. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Thank you for being with us today on Lubbock Sports Station Double T ninety seven three and Double T ninety seven three com with Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. We'll have. Uh, High school fan zone on the air for you tonight. Coaches from Lubbock High, Friendship, and Lubbock Cooper on the air on 100.7 The Score. They'll be from 6 to 7. Uh, the Friendships had a big win last night, right? Uh, just a yeah, wide margin. Seventy-two <laughs> twenty-seven. Seventy-two twenty-seven. 27 Yeah, it was uh, a, a laugher. A laugher. A boringer. A boringer. Well, yeah, well. I mean, you got the dub. That's what you needed to do. Took sure. care of business. TCB, right? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we'll have Lady Raider basketball for you tonight. They take on the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, last time you played them, uh, you beat them. That was in uh, in Norman. I'm sure they'll be thinking about that. There was uh, just a couple of notes for you that I think you'll I think you'll find interesting, Jamie. Was so always. Doing a little homework last night. The, uh, you know, we talked about um, Taylor Robertson. She needs just 10 threes to tie the all-time record of 497 threes held by Kelsey Mitchell. Her 487 are the most of any men's or women's Big 12 player ever. <laughs> She's the career leader in the NCAA in active three, three-point percentage, and also ranks in the top five in free throw percentage and points. Okay, that's uh, that's not good. Oklahoma ranks sixth in the country in points scored at eighty six point six, and they distribute the ball well. As uh, they have twenty assists a ball game is what they average. That's uh, pretty salty. They got knocked down a lot of shots to do that. Yeah, yeah, twenty twenty assists per game. Now, here's the big number tonight to watch out for. Okay, let me give you a little. Number inside the number here. Oklahoma on the season averages 18.6 points a game fast break. They allow 10.6. Lady Raiders score 6.3. This is in Big 12 play. So this is for three games. Uh, 13.6 for opponents. So basically, I've, I've kind of moved on. I've thrown out the... I'm basically thrown out the other games... For both the men and the women, I'm just looking at Big Twelve averages now, mm-hmm. because because of the the schedule that you played. Um, so the other thing is the opportunity tonight. I think is inside for the Lady Raiders. Um, Tech averages scoring in Big Twelve play 29 a game. Oklahoma averages giving up 28 a game. Oklahoma does score 31 a game inside the paint, and Tech averages giving up 35 a game. So the other thing I think that you have an opportunity is scoring on points off turnovers tonight. So you got to get Oklahoma to turn the ball over. Uh, they're not like just willing 
you know, to turn it over, you know, but um, you've you got to convert. So it's a tough, it's a really tough game tonight because Oklahoma, like a lot of these schools, okay, have a number of kids whose names that I recognize over the last few years. And that's, that's where this program, this Lady Raider program has got to get to. And I think that's where the men's program has got to get to, too, where you have to have some carryover year to year to year where you go, oh, yeah, I remember him, or yeah, I remember her, I remember him, as opposed to got to have a program start of every year to go, who the heck are these guys? Mm-hmm. That I mean, and that, I mean, I realize that's a very ele- elementary way to look at it, but I do think that that's, that that is a is a factor. Um, this from the Yates Flooring Center channel. And this is a good this is a good thought. Imagine giving uh, NIL money, and that's the kind of effort we get. I'd be livid if I was a donor. Yeah, see, that's a new that's a new way of looking at this because instead of your money like going to the university, and some of it now is just going directly to the player, and so you're feeling like, oh, wait a minute. I'm well, that's only if you choose to do that. It's only if you choose to do that. But I mean, it's just I, I just wonder if that if that feels different if you're a donor giving specific money to player X and then going, hey man, you're not really averaging. I don't know what we're going to be able to do for you next year. You know what I'm saying? Or what if you don't play at all and you've given somebody six figures? I know exactly what you're saying, dude. I I just don't know. I I don't. I don't know how I would handle it. I mean, I I, I don't have the money to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think if I did, I wouldn't anyways. I, I mean, I, if 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 I was had money oozing out left and right, I, I would definitely be giving it to the university. I at this point in my life, I don't think I would be doing the nil stuff. But I I also. You know, I appreciate the guys that that are doing it, right? Yeah, I mean, that are helping our athletic teams. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not trying to. If they're doing it for the right reasons, then you know, and it's on the up and up, and they're trying to help the university win. They're not, you know, and and it's not because they want to be jock sniffers. They want to be as close to the program as they can be, and they want to act like, oh, well, I'm part of the reason that we're winning or whatever. Um, And I do question. I absolutely do question um, the reasons for some of these people, okay? Um, you know, you'll see them on social media bragging all about what they're doing. So um, I, I question those things. But, that again, they're helping our teams win. I just, man, I, it, it, I don't know. I, I don't want to sit back and say I'm going to be more critical of a guy because he's making money. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to do that. But it's hard to. It's hard to not acknowledge or think about when a guy is a no show. Feels like the effort wasn't there. Feels like his game was terrible on a given night. And it's hard not to realize, man, we're we're paying him how much, you know? Because that's that's the brave new world that we're in right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. It's hard not to mm-hmm. acknowledge that or to think mm-hmm. that way, right? Or to wonder. Yeah, yeah. You know, if if Chuck doesn't um, has a month where he doesn't sell anything, and you know he's getting the biggest salary in the company, and the boss is like, and I'm paying Chuck how much, and he only brought in how much, you know, or if um, if the ratings for this show were terrible, 
And our boss would be like, and I'm paying those two how much money to do this show? That's the way, that's the way people think, right? Sure. Yeah. That's right. normal. That's business, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Business. And you start thinking, okay, well, maybe I should hire somebody else who makes less money who, I mean, if they're not going to get the good ratings anyways, why would I pay them that much money? So that's the real world, right? <laughs> we can do just as well with somebody else. Yeah, right. We'll pay them a lot less. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, we'll two schmucks in off the street that yeah. can do better than these two and pay them a lot less. So... I mean, that's just the world, mm-hmm. right? So if, if, if for anybody that's like, oh, you can't be critical of them because they're making money. No, because that's a real world. That's, I mean, if you're making money, you're you're opening yourself up to that, it's, right? It's it's beyond the books and tuition and three squares a day and a place to put your head in the bed. It's it's way, way beyond that. For the oh, student. and it's not a little spending money either. Yeah, right. We're it, talking about 250 grand for a yeah, guy or it, 400 grand for a guy to play for a basketball season for six months. Yeah, so it's Okay, it, it's, it's, it's not a little spending money. Yeah. Okay. It's different than it was, right? Yeah. It's, it's different than it was. Yeah. The other I mean, thing the, is, rumor, the rumors that our basketball team combined is making, I don't know, somewhere between two and three million dollars combined. For a team that's 0-4 in Big 12 play, I'm sorry, it's hard not to to notice that, right? Mm-hmm. And and for anybody who has the question out there, I'm not saying this is I'm not in this camp, but the question out there is: Was our team just fat and happy? We got, we got the money. What, what do we need to win games for? I don't think that's the case. I think they're still competitors. I still think it matters to them to win, but I also don't think it's unfair for somebody to ask that question. Or, or because I would say this: other teams are probably making just as much money. Yeah. I would assume if we're doing it here, they're doing it elsewhere, and other teams are still winning. Or it's not unfair to be critical, or at least question that, because it does put you in a different vein from being, you know, that the theory was okay. You, not booing college players or being critical because they're they're out there fighting hard for your school, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, can we change the NIL deals to where you will get paid how you produce, how the team you know performs, well, but, but and see, all that's that? Not how the NFL is based, yeah, or, that's true. That's or the NBA? That's true. That's true. Or Major League yep. Baseball? I mean, yep. you look at some of these guys. I mean, how often have you seen a free agent go and get? I mean, it happened in 1980 when they gave a guy a million dollars. All of a sudden, it's like, man. And then he came and hit 200 the next year, and they're like, well, yeah, man, he got, he just, he got paid. Yeah, he got paid. Man, got fat and happy. And now it's just, it's the same way. I just, only I, the numbers have changed dramatically. I really don't think the NIL money is affecting our basketball team. I don't, but I, I, I don't know. It's hard because this is a new world, and I just. I don't know. I guess if you ask me, I think it's the roster turnover. I think it's the losses that you experienced. I think it's the chemistry. It's just not the soups just doesn't taste the same as it has in the past. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. All right, what you got? All right, I'm going to try to make us a little happier and okay, move away from Red Raider basketball. <laughs> oh, man. I want it to be better, and I know they do, too. Yeah, everybody wants last it to be night better. Was hard. Last night was hard to take. Sure. You know, after those first three games, you still felt like, ah, oh, they're competing, they're battling, yeah. they're yeah. just not that far off, it's three mm-hmm. close losses. Mm-hmm. And after last night, you're like, oh, my gosh, the sky is falling. Yeah. It has fallen. And we can't get back up. All right. So we're going to talk Red Raider football. 
because that's okay. fun and okay. exciting. Sure, yeah, right. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. We've heard reports that or we've seen preseason polls that have mm-hmm. the Red Raiders in the top 15 okay. to start the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe that was the highest ranked uh, okay. in the Big 12 Conference. Okay. So I guess my question to you today is, what do you expect record-wise for next season? And I know this is difficult because we don't have a schedule yet. It's been documented, but how much of a jump from 7-5 and five in the regular season this year do you expect next year? Yeah, I'd, I'd be... I'd be curious if you have both Oklahoma and Texas on your schedule, but I'm going to assume that you're not. I'm going to assume that you're only going to have Texas on your schedule. I would assume okay. that too. Okay. Um, I just, just and then the reason I'm going to give you one more game. I guess the only reason I assume that is just because we've heard s- for so long now that OU and OSU will not be on your schedule. Yeah, that's the thing that disappoints me is that Oklahoma State. I've just felt like Oklahoma State would be on your on your schedule every year, home or mm-hmm. away. Sure. Regardless of how many teams are in the conference, whether it's twelve or fourteen or sixteen or whatever the whether the number was, it just felt like that that matchup regionally and you know like like minded schools and level of competition, blah blah blah, just seemed seemed to be the seemed to be a natural you know rivalry for you. I, I'm going to say eight. I'm going to I'll bump up to eight. I'll, I'll bump up a game. I'm worried about going to Wyoming. I'm worried about playing at home against Oregon. So curious as to. How you'd match up with against uh, a Cincinnati or a UCF or um, BYU? I'm not worried about Houston, so I'll say eight. Eight, Jeff. It's fair to say that your non-conference schedule is comparable to what you had this past year. Sure. So we're just looking at the differences in what your Big Twelve play can be. What concerns me about going into a blind schedule? What if you don't have Kansas and West Virginia on your schedule next year? Which is a possibility. You've done pretty well against those teams in the past. So there's two wins. That's why I'm still sitting at six. I don't foresee a schedule that you don't go six and six with. I think you can go a lot higher than that, depending on who you're facing, where you're facing, when you're facing them. But I I don't feel comfortable going higher than that until we see what they're going to be doing. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like this team could run the table. If they've got a favorable schedule, if they don't have a favor, if everything goes the wrong way and where you're playing people and when you're playing people and not playing some of the people that you've had a lot of success against, you could be six and six. And I still would be okay with that. Six seems low, Jamie. I'm sitting here trying to answer my own question and... I'm saying to myself, why didn't Chuck and Jeff both say to me, this is a darn near impossible question to answer when you don't know who's on the schedule. Um, well, kind of did. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it is difficult. This is, this is a, I, I thought know. Jeff's point was valid about, you, you know, if KU and, and West Virginia aren't on your schedule, it makes it exponentially more difficult. Although, I mean, KU had a better year. I mean, obviously they went to a bowl, but they, yeah. I mean, they kind of backed their way in at the end. I just don't act like either one of those are gimmies right now. So no, they're not. Yeah, but they're they're. And I don't know that anybody else that's coming in is a gimme either. No, no. I yeah. mean, they're they're harder than they were, and there's nobody that's kind of fallen off the pace, so to speak. 
I, I, I am surely not going backwards. I look at how many quality players uh, were lost in the Big 12 Conference this year, and I feel like there are some teams that are going to take steps back. Um, I look at Oklahoma State and feel like that's a program that's lost so many guys and feel like it's going to be hard for them to be the Oklahoma State that we've come to expect to always win 9, 10 games every year uh, and feel like they'll be um, a, a bit of a step back uh, in, in mode. Uh, so Baylor's kind of a team right now. You don't know what was going on there. It felt like that was, you know, things aren't just red rosy down there. Hunky-dory, better yeah. word. Uh, so I think I'm with Chuck. I'm going up, and and I'm I'll stick at eight where where Chuck is. I feel like um, you can win more games in the regular season than you did this year, just based on how many guys you bring back compared to other teams in the Big Twelve Conference who are losing a bunch of really key guys. Plus, it just feels like you've got. I mean, and maybe it's the rose-colored glasses or the you know whatever color you want to give it, uh, red or whatever. Um, but man, it just feels like you've got momentum that maybe other schools don't have. Because, like oh, yeah. you said, if, needle pointing way up, absolutely pointing way up. Yeah. Even with my six and six prediction, I was five and seven at the beginning yeah. of last year. That's yeah, one too. more win than no. I had last year. Yeah, right. No, I I got you. I got you. It just feels like it feels like with all the help that you have coming back defensively, um, feels like that. You know, with the, the you know, you got your quarterback, and it feels like you're shoring up your offensive line, which I think anybody that's followed tech football at all over the last few years is like, hey man, let's shore up the offensive line. And and Jamie's point yesterday uh, with regard to Stetson Bennett was, right, look at look at how much time he had to throw. I mean, he, he didn't get tackled, he didn't get sacked, he didn't get hit, he didn't get touched. And here's the other thing about Stetson Bennett: he's 25 years old. He's older than Lamar Jackson. He's older than a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL, which is crazy to think. Lamar Jackson's not twenty-five yet. Hmm. Wow. That's I'm going to double. I'm going to. I'm going to double check. Yeah. But that's what I read last night. How old's your starting quarterback? Uh, he's a little older than that. He. No, 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 no. Oh, I th- I'm not. I'm talking about the Red Raiders, not okay. the Chiefs. Sorry, okay. that's my bad. Right. Um. Let's see. Uh, yeah, Lamar Lamar Jackson is has just turned twenty five, so he was born January seventh, nineteen ninety seven. So Bennett Stetson Bennett is older than Lamar Jackson by, but still, it's crazy when you think about it how long he's been in. Uh, Gosh, it is. You know, <laughs> somebody saying Lamar is eight months older. Okay, well, still, still the fact that he's eight months older, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, let me see how old Tyler Shuck is. I'll give you that number here in just one second. Uh, he's 23. Yeah. So that would have been what I would have guessed. Okay. He's 23. But still, I mean, and what we're seeing, it's funny because what we're seeing across college basketball and college football is we're seeing older players because it used to be like, we'd say, these are 18, 19, and 20-year-old kids. No, they're not. They're like in their early to mid-20s now. And a lot of this is COVID, the extra redshirt year, the... The medical red shirt, the you know, it's just they've gotten it's gotten more and more. Yeah, uh, Stetson Bennett is older because he was born October twenty eighth, nineteen ninety seven. So okay, yeah. So I guess the other guy is eight months older. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, factor in like in football that you can now play four games and right. call that a red shirt year. Right. 
So I don't know. It just seems like the, you know, the the, the saying that they're that they're young, um, is is not necessarily the the case. Uh, the other thing, somebody points this out: uh, nil keeps kids around longer. Yes, no doubt. Um, I, I think especially. I don't know that we know that yet. This is year one with the big deals and 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 that going forward i don't know that it's keep it may keep guys all around longer i anticipate it will but i don't know that we know that yet yeah well i i do think that it will keep especially in college basketball especially with power five programs especially with you know the top ones in the in in the conference if you if you're a kid that's playing at texas tech or name the school in the big Big 12 and you have the opportunity to make six figures here why, why wouldn't you do that as opposed to going off to Europe where you're going to just fall off the edge of the earth you, you you could delay that a little bit and still go to school and have your fun and get an education and make some money sure you know a lot easier to live in Lubbock than it is in Zimbabwe I would think not been to Zimbabwe, but I got to think it's life's a little more difficult there than Lubbock. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. On Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. We come to you this morning from the First United Bank studio. Look forward to hearing from you on the Yates Flooring Center chat line or the Benchmark hotline. Or if you have my number, you can hit me up on mine like our former colleague David Collier has done. He informs me that David Collier and Anna Yanusa, whom will play for Oklahoma tonight, are two Choctaw High legends, a combined 2,249 career points. How many does she have? She has 2,249 points. <laughs> Mr. Collier informing his daughter Blair scored more varsity points than him last night, and she scored two. 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 Two, two last night. Yeah. She had two last night. Man, I hope Blair talked trash to Father David all night last mm-hmm. night after the game. Yeah, saying, right. You know, and... You know, as he was cracking the whip in the car, like, why didn't you score more? Sure. She said, Dad, I scored more tonight than you did in your whole varsity career. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, this from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Chuck, it's all West Texas, but a democracy and stable government probably helps more than the temperature. Ha ha. Keep making me laugh. I enjoy it. Oh, thank you. Uh, somebody uh, asked, said this. Uh, JL, pull your paper atlas out and help your teammate. <laughs> and you said, heck no, he dug this ditch. I'll let him try to dig his way out. Yes, absolutely. Somebody said they were waiting for a USSR uh, mention. And actually, that's 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 not the case. Uh, the case should be you should have been waiting for a CCCP mm. mention. Wee wee. Wee wee. The old CCCP. It was it was better when we all hated each other, you know, in terms of other countries as opposed to detente and trying to get along. It was better when, you know, Kissinger had his finger on the on the button, you know. 
Really? I think so. I think it's better. Okay. It's, it, it, it kept you on your toes, right? Kept you on your toes. <laughs> you think Kissinger had his finger on the button? Well, I mean, it, it was, or Nixon had his hand and uh, and then Kissinger had his, his hand on top of the hand or something along those lines. Mm. Um, <sighs> do you also, kind of like the folks in Miami, do you feel like the folks in Russia should be able to dodge those bombs anyways? You mean like the dodge and the lightning? Yeah, mean? in Miami. Yeah. Sure, yeah. 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 It's kind of shoot, zig, zag. You, know, you should have zigged when you zagged instead of zagging when you zig. <clears throat> anyway, uh, this Jacksonville turned it around, so can we, right? Yeah, that's true. Uh, let's see. There's somebody had some some other point that they wanted to make with regard to some of my previous comments. Comrade Hines, is that the one you're looking? No, for? no, 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 no. Words of wisdom from Chuck. Football was letting the cake bake. For basketball, see if the spaghetti sticks. Right. Mm. Uh, this, when my teenager complains, I tell him, you've told me the problem, so what's the solution? What do you guys believe the solution is? Mm. Do you do that with your teenage daughters? That's a good line, though. Yeah, you like that. You're going to steal that, aren't you? You've told mm. me the problem. What do you think the solution is? Mm. And your wife will be like, hmm. Uh. What do I think the solution is? Yeah, what do you think the solution is? I, I think you have to have... If you're going to run Mark Adams' style of defense, you've got to have longer guards to start with. Mm -hmm. I know we always heard about the wingspan and the length, and you don't have that with your guards this year. Mm -hmm. Or at least you have to have a combination I mean, because you, you know, Pop Isaacs isn't one of those guys with a big long wingspan, but you definitely wouldn't want to get rid of him, right? No. Right. Uh -uh. So we have to have a combination of guys that are cold, hard killers with the three point shot and also guys that can defend any one of two or three different positions and give you length and all that. I think it starts there. Um, I think you'd, you'd like to say uh, you need to be healthier. And you need to find guys that fit together because this crew just doesn't look like it fit together. I would also like a pass first true point guard. Um, I was there. I mean, I sure felt uh, at at one point in time early on, it's like, oh, this is encouraging. When I got in my car last night, and um, it was nineteen to seventeen, it's like, okay, hey, we're playing with these guys. And then all of a sudden, man, we just we went in the tank. Yeah, and just no. No response. No, yeah, no fight back. No, no, no response. So you you hope that they haven't thrown in the towel, and you know it's now now that you're in the the heart of this, you know, Big Twelve schedule where it just it don't get any easier every every night is going to be yeah extremely challenging. It's not like you you can take a night off. Maybe maybe one of the maybe one of the the, the fallout things from this is they'll take a look at their preseason schedule and go hey we we got to schedule somebody on this for this basketball team to play so we can get a a true look at what we're who we're playing because they really they had no even though you had competitive games and we said you know when you're playing Nichols and all these other places and you're like 
Yeah, man, you didn't really put anybody away. You know, Louisiana Tech or, you know, um, heck, even Georgetown, they came back. I mean, it was a 14-point game, but, I mean, you let them back in the game. You know, they went on that huge run. Nichols, you beat them 78-71. Eastern Washington, 77-70. Um, and then you had the Jackson State and Houston Christian and South Carolina State. But, I mean, you're, I mean they're nobody. They're nobody. Um, but it's, it's, you know, like you said, I mean, you know, next week you've got, you've got Baylor at home. Then you go to K state. Those ain't going to be easy games. No, they are not. You know, they are not. Then you have West Virginia coming in on a Wednesday. Okay. But you have to go to LSU. I mean, I don't know what their record is, but I mean, you have to, you have to go on the road and play at LSU. Somebody says this, uh, women's schedule is no better than the guy's schedule. They're just trying to get wins so it looks good. It's all optics. I, I think the women's schedule is set up different for the men's schedule just for this. Look, you, you need to show some progress. You need to get into some postseason play. The, the men, it's, it's not now about getting into postseason play. It's about how deep a run you can get. It's about setting up your, your roster so you can get past the Sweet 16 you know, maybe you can get to an Elite Eight, get back to a Final Four, but it's about deep runs in the tournament. For the women, it's about just showing that you're making some progress. Um, and if you can, you're still going to have to win five or six games in the Big 12 to have some postseason play. They got one. Can they get four or five more? Yeah, and I think the texter is right what he's saying. I, yeah, I don't yeah. disagree with what you're saying, but I think the texter is right. It's, yeah, the, the, it's the same schedule. Yeah. I don't know that our men's basketball team would be any better if they had scheduled tougher games. I don't I don't know. I think we would have just known earlier that, that this is not going to go well. Yeah, can you and are there adjustments that you can make in the non cuz you can't mm-hmm. make any adjustments in once you get into Big 12 play. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. The women's schedule is equally easy uh, to the men's schedule. It's just it was done that way. They're done that way for different reasons, I guess is my point. But yeah, you're exactly right. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.